Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott with you. It is 6.35 in Edmonton on Oilers Now. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, so much more. Uh, $10 bonus. No, that one ended and we have not updated the liner. Gee willikers. Well, we know they've been uh, making it great for over 50 years. That much I can assure you of. Visit royalpizza.ca. All right. Of course, I had to do that with uh, with somebody whose broadcast opinion I admire very much hanging out there on the tie line. It's our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating <laughs> and cooling. How are you doing this evening, John? Let me help you out, Brendan. I, I like the Mediterranean chicken. Oh, good call. I'm a big fan of the Texan, <laughs> if you weren't aware. <laughs> big fan of Connor McDavid, too, by the way, as uh, many people are, have been, continue to be. If that was the first hockey game someone watched last night ever as their introduction to sports, I think they've got a new favorite player. It's one of the things, and, and I'm, I'm seeing this as well with Connor Bedard as he continues to impress. You keep waiting for that expectation not to be met or even exceeded, and here we are, and he's on pace for yet another ridiculous uh, points total this season and is willing his, his group back into the playoff race as well. Well, it's, it's fascinating because he is so good and without reflecting on all the other players that play the game, so much more dynamic than anybody else because of his speed, because of his edges. And I don't think he gets enough credit for his vision. Because uh, last night, a couple of those passes, Brendan, were absolutely remarkable. And they don't have to be long passes. You know, that one from the left post to the right post to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the 3-2 goal, uh, was, was simply simple and amazing at the same time i mean um i i I, it's one thing to talk about his speed but i think he sees the game at that speed too and i think that's something that not many other athletes can do and fortunately for him and whether this is a result of individual ability to a certain extent or the fact that we've now seen that top line together for an extended period of time john to me the chemistry of that top line was on display last night perhaps more so than at any point this season give chris knobloch some credit um and it from the moment he took over he was adamant that he wanted to be patient with lines. He didn't want to sacrifice one line for another. Uh, he did have to move uh, a little bit in one of the games earlier on uh, before Christmas, the road trip, I believe the game in New Jersey, and it backfired, but it also forced him to put Fogel and McLeod with Leon Dreisaitl, which now has become a very effective second line. So in the end, by being patient and stubborn, depending on what day of the week you want to look at it, stubborn with keeping Nugent Hopkins and Hyman with Connor McDavid, it has proved to be the right move. Uh, And sometimes it's a classic case of 
the moves you think you shouldn't make are the ones that are the most important, and that's what Chris Knobloch tried to do with some of his lines. Uh, yeah, not overcomplicating it at all. Hasn't had to. There hasn't been a lot of um, injury that he's negotiated. One of the things he's going to get to do now is utilize Dylan Holloway, how he sees fit. Holloway going down in mid-November and now activated, as you know, John, from the long-term injured reserve. How do you see him fitting back into the Oilers lineup when he returns from Bakersfield? It's a good question. I, I think you have to look at what the bottom six are like. You have to to understand how much like where where will Holloway be in his development and his conditioning coming back from the American League um, do you want to give him time on the third line although I kind of I'm starting to like the third line with Kane and Yanmark and and Derek Ryan um, so then does that that puts pressure on what happens with Connor Brown or Adam Ernie on the wings so that it, it's a it's a good problem to have it again creates another issue with cap although Kenny will tell me that cap's not going to be a problem for a guy like Holloway but at the same time it will create a another level of competition for one of those four wings on those bottom lines that will help create and generate some competition between the players and therefore hopefully uh, some better, higher profile play for the orders. Chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon, and you almost wish that there was there was more of those elite centermen to go around. Boy, does that ever sound greedy. But you can't have uh, Fogel and uh, McLeod and Holloway all playing on Dreisaitl's wing. So at some point, someone's either going to lose that spot or earn that spot, I guess, Well, well but, but Brendan, let, let's, let's, let's pull a page out of Chris Knobloch's playbook. Why change anything right now when it comes to those top two lines there there is no need to do that at this point so that automatically tells me that Holloway has to be in the bottom six how many games do you foresee him playing in Bakersfield I haven't checked their schedule I'll be honest but I would I would think they would try to get to the four at least four games for conditioning over a certain period of time and then bring him back or have them meet the team on the road. So, uh, But that to me is, it can't be longer than two weeks. Uh, and then we also, you know, we know basically that the American League is a weekend league. So you're, you're probably looking at this weekend and the following weekend. If that makes four games or five or even six, then I think that that's probably the answer. I don't think it could be any more than that, which would probably get him back to the Oilers uh, the week of the 20th. You could fool the Oilers into believing that the NHL is a weekend league with (laughs) how few games they've been playing over the last while. Uh, What's your take on just managing, I guess, that sort of imbalance in the schedule where you know there's a a heavier lift coming in the latter part of the season and you're almost trying to pace yourself right now while keeping the good things rolling? Uh, I think in the back of your mind, you know it's going to catch up to you, Brendan. At a certain point, and I think that's that's the same conversation that the LA Kings are having, because in fact the Kings have played now, I believe, one less game than the Oilers have. 
and they're still ahead of Edmonton uh, from that perspective. So uh, I, I would, I think you have to really be cautious. You have to make sure, particularly with these home stands and games against Ottawa on Saturday, that you take full advantage of the rest and you take full advantage uh, of the of the home games uh, to win. And that sounds silly to say, but simpler things have been screwed up before by many teams in this league. Uh, and then get and, and then hope you get to the All Star break uh, by the 28th of January. You hope you get to the All Star break as, hel- as healthy as you can be before you get your five day layoff and the break itself. So from the map, and then be prepared for. Um, I, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but, but be premier, prepared for Armageddon because it's almost a game every second day until the middle of April. Uh, and that's going to be a real challenge for every, any team in the NHL, and it's going to be a challenge for a Western Conference team more than ever because of the travel, and obviously that'll be a challenge for the Oilers. And a team that has goaltending issues on the back burner right now but could well be exacerbated when you start talking about a whole bunch of back-to-back scenarios. Now, John, I'll, I'll try transition quickly to Toronto who we know are kind of negotiating their own goaltending situation Samsonov heads to the minors just like we saw here and uh, Martin Jones is getting a little bit more traction there Uh, it's it's been just as big a mess in Toronto if not more I wonder if you find any I don't know poetry or irony in that Uh, what do you think Pure and utter coincidence, I think, is what what it, what it is, Brendan. Uh, but there are so many similarities between the Oilers and the Maple Leafs, and I think Maple Leaf fans look at Edmonton and see, uh, you know, a, a, a top-heavy forward group uh, with a defense that uh, at times has struggled with goaltending that has certainly struggled, and I think Oiler fans do the same thing. Uh, the one thing I would say is, I think that the Edmonton scenario is a little more positive at this point when you consider the greater control there appears to be now on the blue line and how things have settled down uh, and and you can give you can give the six players credit for that you can give Paul Coffey and Mark Stewart credit for that uh, but it is certainly a much more calm scenario on defense in Edmonton than it is in Toronto, uh, which then creates a problem for your goaltending. I mean, I, I think one of the reasons that Stuart Skinner has had good games of late is because Darnell Nurse and Matthias Ekholm and Vinny DeHarnay have really taken control of their pair. And it has really helped the scenario work so well. Um, you haven't seen that in Toronto yet. Uh, and that's why I think you're still seeing issues in goal. Last night in Los Angeles, the Maple Leafs played their maybe their best road game of the season and did a very good job of keeping Los Angeles players in positions where Martin Jones saw every puck. So their defense did the right thing in that game as well. And so much of the success, in my mind, of the Oilers, certainly Connor's play has been unbelievable, all goes back to those six defensemen doing the job properly. We will see the Maple Leafs at Rogers Place the 16th of January, just under two weeks from now. One last question for our NHL insider, John Shannon. There was a trade in Toronto, but it had nothing to do with the Maple Leafs. How about Toronto's own R.J. Barrett acquired? by the Raptors. What's the market like there since OG Ananobi was shipped out and a hometown kid was brought in, a former third overall pick not that long ago? 
Well, Brandon, I'm sure you've always heard the the struggles of why can't good Canadian players play in Toronto yeah. when it comes to basketball. When you look at Shea Gilgis-Alexander in Oklahoma City, uh, when you look at Jamal Murray in Denver, uh, of all the players that came out of the Toronto amateur programs, um, R.J. Barrett was probably at the top of the list. So I think there's a, a, a lot of satisfaction in the basketball fan base that R.J. Barrett is here. Emmanuel quickly might be the better part of the trade, though, because he's something that the Raptors certainly needed. Um, and as much as Ananobi was a, a good defender, uh, I, I don't think in the end they will miss him. I think they'll have a much better feel. Mind you, this is a team seven games under 500, Brendan. Um, a better feel for what's going to happen for the future. The, the Raptors are not in a rebuild. I was told today the word is reset. They're in a reset. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. And I suspect that Masai, Yajiri, and Bobby Webster have a few more trades to make before the end of the before the trading deadline in the NBA and in the first week in February. Yeah, could Pascal be the next to go? John, always appreciate your time. We'll chat soon. As long as Reed Wilkins is happy with this segment, I'm happy. That's all that matters. He's got his hands okay. in the air on the other side of the glass. Yeah, yeah, but he's also he's also put hands in the air holding his ears, so it's crazy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's so. funny how you've got that pegged. John, thanks. Cheers. All right, John Shannon, our NHL insider. We've got a prospect report and Reed Wilkins coming up after this. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Brendan Escott here, 6.53, and a quick prospect report brought to you by Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace, reface. Let's take a quick peek at Shane Lachance. Not a name you've likely heard unless you're following uh, the college hockey circuit, but he was Edmonton's sixth round pick in 2021. Big 6'4", 220-pound winger. But he's playing for the Boston University Terriers this year, which is the top team in the entire country. Their leading scorer, Macklin Celebrini, at 17 years old, no less, was just tearing it up for Team Canada at the World Junior Championship. But Lachance has 13 points, 7 goals, and 13 points in 17 games for the Terriers. So, getting some candy time alongside some pretty good players. He's not signed by the Oilers yet, but with that kind of frame, you might want to get the 20-year-old into the fold sooner rather than later, if you can. And yes, this is Scott Lachance's son. So, there you go. Uh, Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports coming up momentarily. I certainly do, Brendan. What's brewing? Kelly Rudy's on the show tonight. We will talk about, uh, well, what he sees from Connor McDavid. I'd also want to ask Kelly about his experience. I mean, he played with Wayne Gretzky. He played against Mario. He played with some of the guys from the Islanders dynasty that attitude that the great players have you know and you had Rob on and Rob said some great stuff last night that he bet you McDavid remembered that awful game in Philadelphia and was thinking okay you think you're going to hold me off the board twice in one year I think not <laughs> right. you know that motivation and also just the you know I know Kelly was a goalie but having a guy like that on your team I, I mean do you ever I know they appreciate it, but do you ever have to just kind of stop and think like, yeah, this guy's on my team. Like, I, I got to make sure I'm enjoying this, you know? So uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk to Kelly about that. Uh, we'll keep you updated on what's going on in the NHL tonight. We'll have some other fun 
Kellen and I haven't done a show together in a while, so. Well, it sounds like Name That Animal is coming right up. Could have something fun. (laughs) This day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. An exclusive 14-day trip to Newfoundland takes off in June. You'll see the Iceberg Festival and much, much more. Give New West Travel a call or visit newwesttravel.com. Back to 2009, when Dwayne Rollison made 38 saves, helped the Oilers beat the Stars 4-1 at Rexall Place. Bob's back tomorrow. Ron McLean from NHL Hockey on Rogers joins us for Century Casino Edmonton. So too does Oilers color analyst Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel. Send it off to Thomas Dias for a global news weather traffic update. Reed has inside sports next. I'm Brendan saying so long from 630 Chad. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.